Welcome to Tax Boss. I'm Meryl Bailey in Orlando, Florida. And I'm Crystal Woodbury in Denver, Colorado. We're each licensed as attorneys and also CPAs. We help our clients get the best results because we work well with their trusted advisors. Tax Boss is a podcast for advisors from multiple professions to get together to discuss common client issues and how we can work together to solve them. Meryl, now that we have the election results, I think we're going to have clients and advisors calling us to find out what we think the new Biden administration is going to do to tax rates and whether their estate plans should be revised. Crystal, we know that with every new administration, there are changes to the tax laws. So let's discuss some of what President Biden's administration has proposed and how it may affect our clients. Well, Merrill, what I found from my research is the proposed changes affect individual income tax rates, corporate income tax rates, federal estate taxes, and lifetime gifting limits. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Basically, the tax code is going to be overhauled again. Yeah, and, and we see that with every new administration. Um, most of the proposed income tax changes affect those individuals with taxable income over 400000 which does not include me, and include, include changes on both the employer and the employee side. So one of the things that I heard about, Crystal, is that the Social Security payroll tax, which is the 12.4% tax, which is on split half and half between employer and employee, um, there's going to be a donut hole. So right now in 2020, the wages that are subject to Social Security, the 12.4%, will stop at $137,700. And anything over that does not get the Social Security tax. But now it's going to go up to 137,700, and then there's going to be no tax until 400, and then it's going to be taxed again at 400. So there's a donut hole, and I hate donut holes. It makes it hard to plan. It's uh, on the tax return. It's a calculation issue, um, and I think most tax return prepare or most individuals who file income tax returns, if they're making over four hundred thousand dollars, typically they're not preparing their own return although some do. Um, but I, I think that if you're not using tax return software and you have to calculate this, it's going to prove tricky. Yes. So I also see that right now the top, ta- top taxable income tax rate is 37%. And it's going to go back to 39.6%, which it was before President Trump changed it in 2017. Yes, that's what I see too. And that 39.6% will apply to taxable income over $400,000 for an individual. So $400,000 seems to be the magic number on a lot of things. And that's what we heard during the campaign as well. Yeah. Yeah. And itemized deductions. Have they talked about bringing back itemized deductions? For example, will we have itemized deductions for charity again? Um, I haven't seen anything on that, and I have also not seen if they're going to change that $12,000 standard deduction back to what it used to be per person instead of um, capped at $24,000 for a family. Okay. Yeah, that'll be something to look at. Um, And I understand that they're also looking at taxing long-term capital gains and qualified dividends 
on the ordinary income tax rate. So instead of having the capital gains tax rate on income over a million dollars, it just goes to whole tax rates of 39.6%. That's going to be a big, big change for investors. It really, really is. Um, and and another change that I've read about is um, the Section 199A deduction or the Qualified Business Income Deduction that S corporations and partnerships get. Um, yes. Phasing that out for filers that have taxable income over four hundred thousand. Okay, so what I'm I know have a couple clients who are taking advantage of opportunity zones, mm-hmm. and the way the opportunity zones were is if you bought real estate, or one of the ways it worked, if you bought real estate and you it was ex- already built, if you invested at least fifty percent in renovating the building and you own it for 10 years, then you have a 100% uh, exemption on the capital gains. So you get the capital gains are for free. So it looks like someone who has invested in an opportunity zone property is going to have a pretty good deal in 10 years if these taxes go up to no more capital gains, if it's over a million. I, so I think so. Although we have no idea what other changes are going to happen. Honestly, in the next I mean, right now we're like throwing darts at a board. It's all <laughs> right. what if, what if. Right. Um, it looks like there are some tax benefits for renewable energy, which will be interesting because I have some clients who are have bought buildings and they looked at doing solar energy, but the solar energy tax credit expires this year. And it went down from last year. And when you do the math, it just didn't make sense to do solar energy. So I had told them that, then this was months ago, that if President Biden got elected, that you know he's trying to get us away from um, fossil fuels and that he may bring back even better solar energy tax credits and to not give up. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how many corporations take advantage of that, knowing that it's going to be in place at least for the next four years if it passes with the Biden administration. Right, right. Um, Especially knowing another proposal in Biden's plan is to increase the corporate income tax rate from 21% to 28%. So any new credits they can get, they would want to take advantage of. Yes, So let's talk about estate tax and gift tax changes, because this one is irking me, not for the amounts, but because they are going to be bifurcated. So if you would talk about that, I'd appreciate it because my head might pop off. (laughs) Yes, of course. So one of the proposals um, is to restore the federal estate and gift tax rates um, and exemptions to the 2009 level. And as you may recall, in 2009, the federal estate tax exemption was $3.5 million, and the lifetime gift exemption was $1 million. So where we are now, we have an $11.58 million estate tax exemption. And since 2010 or 11, we have linked that to the lifetime gift, gift exemption. So you have $11.58 million you can give away during your lifetime and it just comes off of your federal estate tax exemption. In 2009, they were not linked. So you had a $3.5 million estate tax exemption, but you could only give away $1 million during your lifetime, leaving you, if you gave it all away, with an additional $2.5 million that you would apply at death. 
and and the numbers change in what I've read. Some say 2009 levels, which would be three and a half million. Some other things I've read said six million federal estate tax exemption. Um, in either case, that's half of where we are now. Um, but bifurcating the estate tax exemption amount from the lifetime gift exemption amount is infuriating. It's just, it seems to me bureaucracy gone amok because all it does is make it difficult to track. Very difficult to track. Um, The other infuriating to me and will be to a lot of people is the proposal talks about eliminating the step up in basis. And that's when my head just popped off if you didn't hear it. That is so annoying. Well, for for so many reasons. Um, I'm ignoring the income tax benefits to the government for collecting tax. The problem that I have is no one knows what anybody's basis is, including most people. Don't even know what their own basis is in assets. And when someone died and you inherited something, you got this magic cleanup moment where you could create, you know, figure out what the new basis is and go from there. And now that's going away. And as the person who wants to be the most organized person on the planet, that just is making my head spin. Yeah, it's, it, it is a lot to keep track of. It would force people, you know, we don't do a great job of keeping track. We, we know what we bought property for, but things that could increase basis over time, like renovations and, and that sort of thing, we don't do a good job of keeping track of now. And when I die, someone trying to piece that together is going to be next to impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, and then let's talk about the fact that you don't get the step up in basis for what that means for tax-wise. So right now, if my Aunt Dorothy gave me, bought a piece of property and she paid $100 for it, her basis then is $100. Right. It's worth now $1,000. If Aunt Dorothy sold it, she'd have to pay capital gains tax on that $900 difference, the built-in gain. If Aunt Dorothy gave me that property as a gift during her life, I would take it with the $100 basis and the $1,000 fair market value. And if I sold it, I would have to pay the capital gains tax on the $900 difference. But if I inherit it today from Aunt Dorothy, if she died and left it to me with the step up in basis, I would get a step up in basis to fair market value. So now my basis would be $1,000 and if I sold it for $1,000, there would be zero capital gains and so no tax due. Now, the reason, historically, the reason that there has been a step up, I'm sorry, let me say it another way. The reason that there has been a step up for the heir is because that asset is counted in Aunt Dorothy's estate at her death and subject to estate tax. So if we take away the step up, then we are getting the asset is included as an asset and subject to the estate tax. And then it's also going to be subject to income tax when I sell it. Mm -hmm. So that's really kind of double dipping as far as I'm concerned. I agree. And, and when you piggyback that no step up basis to the income tax proposal that 
long-term capital gain over a million is taxed at ordinary income tax rates and not capital gains rates. If I inherit, let's say I inherit some real estate from my parents that has a fair market value of $2 million, I'm going to have to sell that property to pay the taxes, either the estate taxes or capital gains tax that would be due. And I'm going to be taxed on that at 39.6%. Yes. So that's a, this is a big tax. This on is, top of the 45% yes. that might, it might be subject to estate tax-wise in my parents' estate. Correct. Correct. So now we're up to about a 90% tax rate for an inheritance. Right. Which is fairly oppressive. <laughs> fairly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and not fun conversations to have with clients. No. And, and so what I can foresee for the next couple of weeks is clients of any wealth, whether it's a million dollars or $10 million calling to see if there's something that they need to do in 2020 mm-hmm. while we still have these numbers. And the answer is the 2021 numbers can't be changed until he's at least um, in place. And then the rules are not set by the president. They are actually elect, you know, Congress makes the tax rules. So are they, you know, we don't, still don't know if there's going to be a democratic majority or not. So we've got an awful lot of balls in the air before we really need to take action. So I'm not sure I want to do anything drastic with my clients while we're waiting. And please, dear God, President Biden, do not do any of these taxes or Congress. Please do not do anything retroactive. That was a disaster. I think so. There's three things that I think are a disaster. First, I don't want it to be retroactive. Second, I don't want it to, I do not want the gift tax exemption and the estate tax exemption bifurcated. I want it to be the same number. Mm-hmm. And third, I, if we've got an estate tax, I want to get the step up. I don't want the step up in basis to be taken away at death. It will cause so many problems. Yeah. And, and the dilemma I have, um, for my clients is how much of this do I want to talk to them about now when we really don't know what it's going to be and get them all worked up? I think it puts an incredible burden on financial advisors Yes, um, to talk to their clients. And, um, you know, I, I do have some clients with whose combined, you know, husband and wife combined net worth is over $25 million. We probably will do big gifts before the end of the year because Congress has said, or the IRS, sorry, not, not Congress, IRS has said, if you make a large gift and the estate tax exemption goes down in a later year, they will not claw back what you quote unquote over gifted in a year that you had the bigger exemption. So I do have several clients um, to reach out to on my to-do list to have this conversation because um, yeah. we can use the $25 million. Yes. But in general, the people I wanted to gift, I wanted them to gift for all sorts of other reasons anyway. So, um, absolutely. Uh, it is not fun to be in the midst of times where everything is juggling in the air. It's kind of like living in a popcorn popper. 
A little bit. And and like you said, the president and Congress have the ability to make this retroactive to January 1st of 2021, which means we didn't even get the opportunity that year. Yeah, but I hope common sense reigns. Every time they've done something retroactively, it's been misery. Right. But I don't know if misery for the advisors is anything that they care about, but they should care about. It's actually misery for the clients because we don't know. And then you do something retroactive and you're like, wait a minute, I couldn't, you know, how do you react to something that's retroactive? You can't, you can't plan for that. Right. So anything else from the proposed tax plans, which of course, as things become actual, we'll know more about it and talk about it. But right now, all we just have are proposed things. Yeah, there there are a few more just to touch on that um, I think are more tax return driven, um, but do affect some of our clients, like expanding the earned income tax credit, um, expanding the child independent care tax credit. Um, that one, what I read was from a maximum of $3,000 to up to $8,000, um, 16 wow. if you have multiple dependents. Um, and reestablishing the first time home buyers tax credits um, and give first time home buyers up to $15,000 in tax credit, which would be huge, especially in a market. I don't know what it's like in Orlando, but in Denver, the housing market is crazy. Um, and you know, you can sell your house for a ridiculous amount of money, but then can't afford to buy a replacement. Right. It, there's, there's no inventory here. Houses are being paid for in cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're selling either before they're actually listed or the day they're listed and they're selling for over the listing price. Listing, yeah. And I hear this is the, what's going on. And um, I have a niece who lives in the Northeast and she's been, she and her husband have amazing credit. They have an amazing down payment, but she said the houses are selling for 20 to 45% over listing price on the day they're listed. And she thinks that that's just crazy. So they're just going to rent until things calm down because they'll still have great credit and great down payment. Um, and they won't have to pay that, that premium. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, what's going on here a lot too. Um, but that, but that they'll tax- be great first time home buyers. So this will be a benefit to them. So yes. So good for them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tax advisors out there in the world. That's it for this episode of tax boss. Until next time, I'm Crystal Woodbury. And I'm Meryl Bailey. Thanks for joining us. Go dazzle your clients like a tax boss. Remember, great advisors work with each other. Contact us at taxbosses.com with any questions, ideas, or if you'd like to be on the show.